No. Hundred away from a, from a big milestone episode four twenty. That'll be a fun one. Do without a doubt. We're um, not even close to that. Today we're uh, I'm gonna be doing a new policy. We're gonna be having a uh, for for even numbered episodes. I bring a city of the day, and you get to bring a city of the day for uh, for odd ones. So today's city is Walla Walla, Washington. Um, I recommend visiting it. It's like a very beautiful place. Uh, I will pull up the population here in a second. Man, uh, we're not what we are not doing this. What? It is the county seat of Walla Walla, Washington. Um, it's a, in southeastern Washington. So that's a pretty fun. I thought it'd be a cool tidbit of information. Uh, but today we'll get started with our first NBA episode in nearly four weeks because we, uh, for a brief a brief period, transformed into Ben's Fun Channel. But Aaron was opposed to that because he's the uh, the fun killer. Um, yeah, NBA weeks 15 through 17 recap for the Western Conference. Aaron's Jazz. Only one game up now. That makes me quite happy. So, Aaron, give your thoughts on the uh, the new race that is forming there in the West between the Clippers, Jazz, and Suns. Ben, you are such a jokester. Walla walla. Silly goose. All right. Um, Appreciate can, it, G. Can, can, can you please Ma'am? mute now? Okay. Lime? Boa? <sighs> can you please mute your mic? All right. Um, considering we have not talked in quite a long time, there's much information to talk about the Jazz. Obviously, we can talk about, um, how they're playing. They've kind of, without Donovan Mitchell, they've lost to the Timberwolves twice, which is quite unfortunate. Um, really, they were just playing bad, and, yeah, so Donovan had this weird right angle sprain, and the Jazz kind of needs shots to fall, and so... Uh, Rudy Gobert, it's not a player that can carry you to wins. I mean, this is an offensively built team, and with him, they are now a top-five defense. I mean, without Rudy, they're 24th percentile in defense. With him, they're 87th. Their offense is fine, um, but Rudy just carries their defense. But the problem is, without their leading score, they've just had a rough time. Um, but that's not even the main story with the Jazz since we last talked. Um, really, the main story is that Dwayne Wade bought... A uh, portion of the Jazz ownership, at least $16 million, but likely a lot more. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Yeah, I thought it was uh, an interesting move. I just didn't think out of all the teams, the winning way to be interested in purchasing uh, a stake in it would be the Jazz. But I think it's a good move for, for all the parties involved. Uh, him and Donovan Mitchell have seemed, that at least on court, uh, in particular, very similar players. And I think there's been some rumors that they have, had contact outside of the game a little bit. Um, also, I just wanted to mention this since we're doing a, a Western Conference focused episode. The Jazz became the first team to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, pretty obvious. Just wanted to make uh, listeners aware. And then the Timberwolves and Rockets have been eliminated. That's those were actually the only three, uh, I guess, clinchings per se in the NBA so far. Yeah, I think um, with Dwayne Wade, I mean, the Jazz are the one team that have a spot available to be part of the ownership, obviously, with a new owner, um, Ryan Smith. And, yeah, Dwayne Wade was the player that convinced Jonathan Mitchell to declare for the draft. So they definitely have a big connection. Um, we, I can talk about the next team that you kind of prompted me to talk about, which would be the uh, Phoenix Suns. And, I mean, the real story here is just that Chris Paul is, like, insane. He's probably their best player, if we're being honest. He has put himself into an MVP candidacy. He's the biggest MVP candidate of the top three teams with the best record. And he's running this team. He will be a free agent, but I don't think he'll leave. Um, DeAndre Ayton might be their X-Factor, which I talked about in the solo NBA recap. But 
Chris Paul really seems like their best player, and he has transformed them to really go on a tear and could claim the one seed. I'm on mute, sorry. Uh, I'm outside because we have some beautiful weather here in Walla Walla, uh, but I was on mute for a second. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, Chris Paul, if, we're, if, you, if you really just go by the definition of most valuable player, I think Chris Paul could have a very good argument for that. I mean, everywhere he seems like he's been on a new team every every year for the past four years. He's instantly become a playoff team, and he's do doing that in Phoenix now. He has a little more help than he did uh, last year in Oklahoma City, but Booker's been playing pretty good. Aiton, like you mentioned, uh, he's been he's been playing much better lately. But but Chris Paul is their X factor. He is their best player. Yeah, you and uh, oh, what's that one guy who doesn't actually watch games? Uh, and the Goldie? no Colonel guy. Um. Colin Coward? Colin Coward, yeah, he is Chris Paul's MVP, so uh, you, you can talk with him about that. He's no, wait, hold up. I never said he would be my MVP. I just said if you're going off the, the entire definition of most valuable player, Colin Coward is an absolute idiot. Says like, Oh, yeah, says, for sure. Nick Mickle comes on the show, like says, you know, I never talk bad about you, bro. You're, you're such a, a great quarterback. Shut the bleep up, dude. No one likes you. Uh, your show, you're on Fox Sports for a reason. Uh, Fox Sports only, the only thing that they have been covered of is like actual sporting events. It's better than ESPN, but all their all their shows are a lot worse than ESPN. Um, that's just my little side tangent for today. Um, I guess we'll move on now. The Clippers have kind of distanced themselves, I guess, from the, the middle, the rest of the middle of the West. Uh, they're now, they're, they have the third best record in the, in the Western Conference. What are your thoughts on LA? Um, the player who's really helped them is Paul George here. Um, and it seems like their locker room has been somewhat fixed. They no longer have Montres Harrell or Lou Williams, and they really don't seem to be showing some of these same chemistry issues that arose as a potential problem for them last year and what many people credit to their early uh, loss in the bubble or early exit, uh, per se, is what I meant to say. And I think that the chemistry isn't as big as a problem, but really Paul George is the main story here if you want my answer to why they've claimed uh, lock for a top three seed. I don't think they'll get the one seed. They could get the two seed. It's gotten a lot closer than it's been in a while. I mean, the Jazz have had the one seed for four months, and it hasn't been this close the whole time. So, yeah, we'll have to see if Paul George can perform in the playoffs. Obviously, he, the Game 7 against the Nuggets last year had more turnovers than points made, so I think that it will be a... He'll need to continue to play as well as he is right now. Yeah, L.A. is uh, the Clippers, that is, are still my my NBA championship favorite, actually. Um, I, I like them getting out of the West. Uh, they just have the most star power, in my opinion. Um, and I think they, they can they can get it done over the Nets if they were to meet in the NBA Finals. Uh, next, I guess we'll, meet, we'll talk about the, the Nuggets, who I think since the last time we talked, there's been a lot of news with them. Uh, obviously, Jamal Murray tore his ACL. Unfortunate for them. Uh, they acquired Aaron Gordon. I think we've done an episode since then, but just a lot of news with Denver, and they're actually four games ahead of LA, right? Uh, ahead of the Lakers right now. Yeah, uh, Jamal Murray out for probably about 12 months, which is really unfortunate. Not only is he going to miss the rest of this year, but if the NBA tries to bump the regular season up again to try to get uh, more games and get back to a normal schedule, he'll likely miss. Most of next year and probably even into borderline missing the playoffs because it's going to be moved forward. So it's just um, really unfortunate. He's going to be out for so long. And they were a team that people were really starting to talk about because 
I mean, last year the Chaz literally lost games on purpose in the bubble to try to get them as their matchup. Um, I mean, the Jazz tanked to get the six seed so they could play the three seed Nuggets, and now teams were seeming to try to avoid them. That's not a matchup the Clippers want to have, or really any team, uh, specifically the Clippers, because it was not a good matchup for them last season. But yeah, I think Jokic is pretty much a lock for MVP at this point. I don't know if you think that um, it's not a lock, because I certainly think it is. But Michael Jordan, or oh, Michael Jordan, Michael Porter Jr. is definitely going to have to take a step up. He's actually been playing really well, and the Nuggets have uh, still been able to win a couple games since the Jamal Murray injury, but it's really going to hurt their playoff chances. Yeah, I don't think Jokic is a lock just yet. In my opinion, he should be. I just I don't think he is yet. I just think some of the voters still like Embiid or some of the other options, even Curry being on that tear lately. Some of the, 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 the more typical names you could hear. Uh, next, I want to talk about Portland, who uh, got up to, I think – as high as they, they were tied with the Lakers before the losing streak, but now they're in seventh, uh, only winning two of their last 10 and having lost five in a row. Yeah. Um, they've lost seven of 10 in, uh, with a full strength team. So where, where can they move on from here? This is the small market dilemma. You guys make fun of the Rio bear contract, but this is the same situation the Bla Blazers are in. They, they, don't have a way to get dramatically better. They have a arguably top five, definitely top ten player in the league, and they can't get a home court advantage any years. And they've been really good for a long time, and that's a lot more than a lot of small market teams can say. I mean, the Magic and Timberwolves haven't won, and, and the Kings, I mean, they've been in the same position for 20 years. I guess maybe not with the Magic, but I think that I don't know, a C.J. McCollum potential trade? I don't know how easy that is. I don't know if they need to make a move, but it doesn't seem like this year's going to be their year. I mean, uh, Dame can obviously turn it on whenever he wants to, but it seems like they're kind of stuck in a elite purgatory. We say the Magic were stuck in a purgatory for 10 years, while this Blazers team has been stuck being good but not good enough. And so I'm excited to see how this playoffs turns out. They're kind of in a small race with the Magic for... Um, a bit of a seeding difference, or uh, Mavericks, I mean, for a slight seeding difference. They probably would want to, well, yeah, I mean, the di it's the difference between playing the Clippers or the Suns. So I'm sure that will be interesting, but I don't think either team could win against uh, the Suns or the Clippers. You know, they've been pretty good in the playoffs the past couple of years. Obviously only won one game last year against the Lakers, but played pretty well all throughout that series. Uh I, like you said, Dame can turn on any time. CJ's been hurt. I This team, like you mentioned, they can't get much better. That's pretty much as good as a team from Portland going to be. Yeah. Um, but I think if they get the seven, I would, I'd really con heavily consider taking them over the Suns, despite the, uh, the the very high praise I just gifted Chris Paul uh, a few minutes ago. But I'm very high on, on uh, Portland's guards. I, th I think the one move they could make uh, is just acquiring a better center because Yusuf Nurkis hasn't been great this year. I'm not sure how they would do it. There's not many – low-cost centers in today's league, but possibly building through the draft because they're they're in a better situation than the Magic, but they're never bad enough to get a high pick to, to get a good prospect to pair with Damon CJ. So um, it's a tough situation, but I, I think they're in a good spot. They'll continue that they will continue to make the playoffs and maybe this year they can uh, they can get get an upset win in the first round. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that'd be a popular pick, you know, picking the Blazers over the Suns if that comes out. But it was a popular pick to have the Lakers losing the first round last year, and we saw how that turned out. 
Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of teams to talk about here, and we can cover uh, most of them, but you mentioned the Warriors and Curry's MVP chances. I mean, it's really insane what we've talked what he's doing. Like, we can actually talk about this. I don't think he can win an MVP because most voters think that uh, if not saying the MVP has to be on a top two team, at least have home court advantage. Russell Westbrook was the only non-top four seed uh, did player to win an MVP in a long time. And even then, it was just because of his numbers and no one had ever averaged a triple-double like he did. So there's no way Curry wins the MVP, but we can t I mean, the Warriors have no other offense. They have nobody. I mean, Juan Toscano-Anderson is probably their second-best offensive option, and no, it's not Wiggins, man. And, I mean, Curry is on one of the greatest streaks ever, uh, one of the greatest runs in modern history. He made 72 threes in 10 games, multiple... 10-3 games, which is, we don't understand how rare that is, all with uh, Wiseman likely being out for the season, and he's the leading scorer in the entire league on a team where the defense's only goal is to stop him from scoring, so it's just incredible what he's doing, but the team just isn't good enough for him to win a major award like that. Yeah, in my opinion, Steph Curry has really himself as a top 10 player of all time. Uh, he's changed a lot of people's mind, including myself. I believe he's the most revolutionary player of all time. Just the way he's changed the game and the impact he's had for the game of basketball globally is immense. And just on the court this year, like you mentioned, he's leading the league in scoring when the defense, the the entirety of the defense's game plan, they've they've sent boxing ones at him. They've doubled him. They've even tripled him at times. He's still hitting these crazy shots. Uh, they've been on national TV a lot lately. I've been watching their games. I still believe Andrew Wiggins is their second best player and their second best scoring option because he's been playing not bad lately. Um, but Steph Curry has been great. I don't think he should win MVP just because they're not. I mean, they're over five. They're thirty-one and thirty. What to be like fifth place in the East? But um, I just I don't think uh, like like you said. You you I think you should be a top four uh, seed in your conference to win MVP. Um, but the Warriors, I wanted to mention, they've distanced themselves quite a bit from the Pelicans, who are in 11th. So it looks like we do have a clear top 10 in the West for our play-in tournament. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting play-in. We have, obviously, uh, even the Mavericks. So then we have Luka, Dame, and Curry all in a potential play-in situation. Like, this, it's going to be a great play-in, which is a good segue, because the main story of the Mavericks... Though I will note, Luka Doncic has 16 technical fouls. Once you have 20 technical fouls, you have to sit a game. Personally, my strategy would be to intentionally get technical fouls, sit a game, and then you get a restart going into the playoffs so he doesn't have to sit out a playoff game. Uh, he just, people don't like him because he whines about calls. But anyways, he said, I don't like the play-in. Uh, Luka Doncic said the play-in is dumb. I forget the exact quote, but it was something about... Uh, you work the whole season, you win all, you win 40 games, and then you lose two and you're out of the entire playoffs. And it's really come out against it. And then following that, Mark Cuban said, yeah, it's a dumb idea, which a lot of people are speculating, like, it's because of the position the Mavericks are in. Like, they wouldn't be complaining if they didn't have to potentially play in it. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are, not only on what they said, but what you actually think about the play in. Sorry, I'm having a, I'm not great at these technology things. So I have to find my unmute button. Uh, yeah, overall, I, I definitely think it's because of the Mavericks position right now. Um, they make some compelling points, though. I do think this is I, – I love the idea, actually. I think it's a good idea. It's kind of like the wild card game in baseball. It's just like a one 
a one game uh, high impact. In my opinion, the NBA should shorten the playoffs. We don't need best of seven for every series. It could be best of three or best of five in the first round because um, this creates more uh, more meaningful games. But uh, I think it's a little weird timing just because of how much pressure in, in a shortened season they've increased back to backs, um, just more games in less time, et cetera. So maybe waiting to do it next year would have been the better idea. But the system as a whole, I actually like it. And I think the Mavericks reason just because they're in the position they are. And typically uh, to get seventh in the West is a pretty good accomplishment in a conference this convoluted. Well, I don't know if shortening the first round of five games would make the games any more intense. I mean, maybe meaningful, but they're still playing as hard as they can. Most, pretty much every playoff game is the highest quality of basketball you will see. And I said quality because college games could be more exciting, but with better players, it's always going to be more quality. I think the one game scenario in the NBA was something that a lot of people were asking for. But, I mean, you have, is the, you have to get what they're saying, but... I think I like it. This is something that potentially could be taken away, similar to the like coaches' challenge, which is likely not going to be um, going on for a long time in the future because replay review is a huge issue in the NBA. I'll have to see how it works out this year. In the bubble, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, that Mav or uh, Trailblazers Grizzlies game was one of the best games of that entire season. So I think it definitely has a lot of potential, but I can see where they're coming from. Only if they were in the 10th seed, I'm sure they'd be saying that this is a great idea. So it's all about perspective, uh, in my opinion. Totally agree, but I do think it's not. I'm not saying that the players aren't trying as hard. I'm just saying that it'd be more interesting and more compelling if there was more on the line. Because yeah. if the one seed loses game one, like like the Lakers did last year, they're still fine, especially in the bubble. They're not like losing their home court advantage or anything. But if it's you lose that one game, you got to go win two in a row. I think it just makes it a lot more difficult and more interesting from a fan perspective. Ben, how many times would you guess that LeBron James has lost game one and then won the series 4-1? So, gentlemen, sweep. Uh, it's actually happened. I'm pretty sure it's happened quite a few times. Yeah, the answer is five times that LeBron has lost the game one and then swept the next four games. So, yeah, I mean, w would that be the same outcome? Would, would he kind of have a game one to get a feel of things where he kind of blows it off or at least tries to just figure out their game plan over trying to really blow them out. Uh, it, it's an interesting topic. There, there's a few more teams or ideas I want to talk about in the West. Four more things, actually. Speaking of the Lakers, which is one of the things, LeBron and AD have been out for quite a while. Uh, Anthony Davis just returned a couple games ago. I watched the game. Did not look quite playoff ready. He only played about 17 minutes, I believe. Um, but he's just not... He's one of these players who, even though we never really talk about it, it seems like he kind of takes a while to warm up and get into game shape, and then he has to get into playoff shape, but now he's getting back into game shape. Uh, a lot of words there, but he will need to adjust, and LeBron's also going to need to adjust. I think he'll be back before the playoffs, but the Lakers have actually won some games without their two stars. The bench is holding their own, and really they've won through defense. I mean, everyone's complain is that the NBA doesn't play defense and not trying on defense. The Lakers bench has won these games through defense. Like holding teams to around 100 points, under 110, under 100 even. Uh, you you don't really see that and they don't have a main score without LeBron and AD. So all they're the whole these players who had been playing at the end of the bench are now the 6th and 7th guys and 
it, it's shown that you can win games being scrappy and having good defense. And even though the games were not the most fun to watch, uh, the Lakers have not fallen as much as even some people might may have thought that they would. Yeah, they had a great win at Brooklyn without um, LeBron and AD and Dennis Schroeder for the second half. So they definitely have some have some depth with what Rob Plink addressed in the offseason. Um, I want to touch on the Thunder. They've lost 14 straight. It seems like the, the biggest losing streak this year have all come from the West spot on three teams. Well, I mean, the Thunder are sitting Lou Dort because he's too good. They're sitting Al Horford because he's too good. They're sitting Shea because he's too good. The second two make sense, but Lou Dort dropped 42 in a game, and the next game he's having, like, hamstring tightness. I mean, come on now. The Thunder are tanking so obviously. Um, they're, they're trying to lose games, and uh, hopefully it works out for them. Uh, who knows? They literally have the worst offense and the worst defense in the entire league, number 30 in both, which is embarrassing, but it's not really their fault. Like, they have Ty Jerome as, like, their leading scorer some games. So, yeah, they're they're just tanking. It's not like they're terrible. I think they could have won several of these games if they had all their players, but when you're sitting Lou Dort, you know that they're really not trying. Yeah, any other uh, any other teams you want to address before we go over to Yeah, yeah, uh, two more. Um... First is the Wolves. Uh, Alex Rodriguez uh, bought them as part of an ownership group. One storyline out of this is Anthony Edwards said that he didn't know who Alex Rodriguez is, but he also like played baseball in high school and claims he could have gone pro. So I don't know if he's just joking or actually doesn't know who Alex Rodriguez is, and even I know who that is, um, and I'm not really a baseball fan at all. The Wolves should be playing better, uh, but they, as you mentioned earlier, they can't get even into a plane at this point, I assume. And so, I mean, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, but it's not like they're going to do much this season. Hopefully they can get a good pick, uh, even though they've had high picks in the past and just it, they still can't win games. So, yeah, I, the main storyline here, I would think, is the A-Rod ownership group, which is why I wanted to mention them. Yeah, there are some reports from your boy Beefcat over there on Reddit that, um, Anthony Edwards could not name five other NBA players despite scouting them on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, interesting development there, but we'll have to see what transpires with that. Um, I think, is that all we got for today? I have one more story to talk about, which would be LaMarcus Aldridge retiring. What are your initial thoughts on this? My initial thoughts are that he plays in the Eastern Conference, and that will be addressed next episode. What? LaMarcus Aldridge played for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He switched We will teams. talk about – so for to get the inside scoop on that story, tune in to episode 121 of The Fast Break. I kind of forgot for that LaMarcus Aldridge got thought out, so, yeah, that's my bad. And we'll see you tomorrow.